Today is Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. A deal has been reached between Israel and Hamas. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, leave a rating, email us. Quick Start Podcast at cbn.org. Go right to us. We'd love to hear from you. Joining me now to get through the news of the cray trey goes phillips on this hump day billy is out trey what's up wow it is it's thanksgiving eve i know you right know? there right you, I mean, you can't leave it so bad on thanksgiving eve yeah uh, hopefully everyone's getting their preparations closer that their food is almost ready i mean it's a big day it's a lot of fun hopefully uh you all have family coming in or going to a family member's house as well. So always a fun time. Thanksgiving dinner. All right, Trey, what do we have coming up on the focus story? It looks like we've got some uh, controversy in Bethlehem. Yeah, so Bethlehem, obviously Jesus's birthplace, a big city for Christians. They're tearing down the Christmas decorations and it's not even Thanksgiving yet. So oh, it, boy. It'll, yeah, that'll be interesting. All right, the war on Christmas starts early. <laughs> On the main thing, Christian singer-songwriter Mac Powell, he's from Third Day. You might remember him during his time there. We're going to have a conversation with him for the main thing. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. Israel's cabinet has approved a deal for the release of hostages seized by Hamas in exchange for a pause in fighting in Gaza. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu pressed for a deal with Hamas and secured the release of 50 women and children who were being held hostage since October 7th. The agreement followed a crucial moment on November 12th. After days of refusal, Hamas finally provided some key information about the hostages. This confirmed that there were children and babies being held by Hamas. Despite there being many more hostages, both Israel and the U.S. agreed to go ahead with the release, hoping it would encourage further concessions. The talks stalled when Qatar, who was playing the middleman between Israel and Hamas, lost contact with Hamas. The group then demanded the IDF vacate Al-Shifa Hospital. Eventually, the talks resume. And President Biden got into the middle of it about that time. Behind the scenes, the Mossad director and the U.S. CIA director played critical roles in these negotiations. They said it was like pulling teeth. Despite initial hesitations from Israel, the deal was finally approved and 50 hostages will be released. U.S. officials expressed confidence in future releases and emphasized the potential for increased humanitarian aid to Gaza. It's worth noting that confirmation on the release of the two American women and the three-year-old may take 24 to 48 hours. This holiday season, Target stores are not only rolling out some Christmas trees and the usual Christmas decorations, but this year they're featuring some LGBTQ-themed holiday products, including Santa figurines waving pride flags and nutcrackers wearing rainbow hats. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out more stories over at cbnnews.com. Trey, why am I not surprised that Target is doubling down? I don't know, but I, why I'm continually disappointed because 
if anybody's listened to this podcast for any, num- <laughs> any amount of time, <laughs> I uh, have have been known to like Target, but they really make it difficult these days with all of this political yeah. posturing. And also, who is buying this stuff? When I, I go know. into Target, all of it is pretty much there the entire season. It's on this. I mean, they give it a prominent position, of course, right at the front of the store. And the same amount of product is there from the beginning to when the end of the season comes <laughs> around because nobody wants this stuff. They took it for the team, Trey. They just had to make a stand on LGBT rights or something like that. I don't know. It's yeah. just so ridiculous. It does seem like needling at this point. I mean, this is. Well, I this, think it's it's so that five people on social media won't go after them. So all you know, however many million of us who shop in Target, we all have to bear the brunt of this uh, posturing for those five people, so that so that they won't get canceled on Twitter new, or Instagram. Yeah, in our new intersectional world, I mean, wouldn't this be <laughs> yeah. called appropriating or something like that? I I think you can make the case for that. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to engage in that because I look I. I've got four kids. I've got a job. I've got things going on in my life, you know, at church activities and everything else. I don't have time for the intersectionality game. Who has time to think about things like this? You know, which person's being offended by this, by that? Just live your life. Believe in the things you believe in and uh, treat other people kindly. I mean, it's really not that hard of a recipe. You'd think, but we struggle with I it. I think, you know... I- wouldn't it be nice if at Easter time Target had they devoted their segment section right up front to um, I don't know Bibles Bible studies yeah you know, things that were Easter related but I that's never going to happen no. <laughs> no there'll be plenty of bunnies and Easter eggs but nothing right they have all the bunnies they have all that stuff but they, which is fine I mean whatever but it I'm not a fan I, but I, just, I mean it it's doesn't the posturing whatever. yeah that is so obnoxious. No, it's I, I wouldn't call it pa- it's pandering, right? It's like or the Pander yeah. Olympics, right? Where yes, they, yeah. like you said, they're just begging to get the approval of a minority of people who are incredibly vocal, and it is indeed, it is indeed frustrating and frustrating at times. But the holiday season obviously is here, and Christmas decorations are being taken down in Bethlehem. It's ground zero of Christmas, essentially. So (laughs) what is going on here? You know, I don't think I've ever heard Bethlehem referred to as ground zero for Christmas, but I I guess there's some, there's certainly some truth to that. Yeah. Um, So yeah, city officials in Bethlehem, which is of course a historical and biblically significant city to Christians. It's where Jesus was, of course, born. Uh, They're taking down Christmas decorations as a show of what they described as the city officials as solidarity with Palestinians and Gazans uh, in the city's Muslim majority population. Uh, so municipality crews in Bethlehem, quote, announced the dismantling of Christmas decorations installed several years ago in the city's neighborhoods and are removing all festive appearances in honor of the martyrs. Again, in honor of the martyrs, which I think is. Mm, that's interesting. That language. should be. Uh, yeah. We should highlight that line there, I, th- I think. Yeah. Uh, and in solidarity with the people, our people in Gaza. That's the official city announcement that was posted to Facebook, according to the Jerusalem Post. 
Uh, And then a spokesperson for the city of Bethlehem told The Telegraph, uh, a British outlet, uh, that the, quote, reason is the general situation in Palestine. People are not really into any celebration this year, the spokesperson said. They're sad, angry, and upset. Our people in Gaza are being massacred and killed in cold blood. Therefore, it is not appropriate at all to have such festivities while there is a massacre happening in Gaza and attacks in the West Bank. And I think... Dan, the thing that kind of like is screaming back at me is this is a city in Israel. So, yeah, it's a majority Muslim population and that's fine. Uh, But it's a city in Israel. Uh, This is obviously significant to Christians. It's where Jesus was born. Why what's happening specifically to Gazans should have an impact on the decorations? I don't really... I don't really fully understand. I understand not wanting to be tone deaf and wanting to be sensitive because people are losing loved ones. Yeah. Uh, well, but this seems like an overreaction that's more based. Uh, this is more spiritual than actual solidarity. Well, look, and Bethlehem's in the West Bank at this point. And so right. there's a, a high Palestinian presence there. And, and it's actually interesting if you go there, it's you know, there's signs about warning you if you're going there, if you're not from there. And um, yeah, it's, it's a, a dicey place. area. No, it is. Uh, it is not the babe in a manger, just softly uh, looking at the stars type of a scenario <laughs> anymore. It's a little bit dicier than that now. And so I would assume that this is, again, I mean, pandering, sort of trying to appease and maybe stop some violence from happening there in their own area in the West Bank. Yeah, potentially. I, it's It is interesting given that it's such a historically significant city to Christians that 80% of the population is Muslim. And that, as you said, it's not really even a safe place uh, for any outsider and certainly not a safe place for Christians. At this point, uh, only about 10% of the city uh, is still Christian. Yeah, it is. It is odd. I mean, when I was there a few years ago, I went to, I wanted to go see the Garden of Gethsemane and least the area where you know they think it it was and there's like old trees there it's really a cool spot and um we were talking to the hotel clerk we're like hey you know we need to get to the garden of gethsemane i mean this person was looking at us like we had four alien heads on (laughs) they had absolutely no idea what the garden of gethsemane was and i found that quite interesting i thought all right even if you're not a christian right if you're jewish you'd think that you would know a tourist spot Right, it's a place that they designated sort of this is the Garden of Gethsemane, or at least the area close to where we think the Garden of Gethsemane is, and um, people go see it. Right, Christians are going to want to see that. Mm-hmm. So you'd think they would just know it from that, but no, they had absolutely no idea. So to your point, now you got Bethlehem with eighty percent Muslims, and it's not safe. It's uh, it's it's kind of sad in a way, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting too how quickly the tide has turned with Bethlehem because I was reading some statistics before we started talking. And in 1950, uh, Christians made up 80% of the population of Bethlehem. So it's quite literally completely flipped around. And now it's 80% majority Muslim. And the 10% of Christians who have remained there, a majority of those are 
working and trying to get out, uh, continually trying to leave Bethlehem. Uh, but it's difficult when you've got ties there, you've got your whole families there, whatever. It's difficult to, to wrangle everybody and then find a safe place where you can go to. So, uh, But persecution has continued to ramp up against Christians, uh, even if it's not always a violent persecution in the past. There's been, of course, just discrimination that, that makes it impossible really for a Christian to successfully function and live their life in Bethlehem because even if they're not being violently persecuted, if they have no means of making money, they struggle to get food, uh, they're not able to get clean water uh, a lot of times because of their faith and they've been isolated and ostracized, uh, then yeah, that's not a good that's not a good place to be. So it is, I think, as you said, it's pretty sad that this is the birthplace of our Savior and it's become such an un, unsafe place for believers to be in. Yeah, really is. Any uh, final thoughts on this story before we move on? I think it's interesting is that we will have Franklin Graham actually on an upcoming episode of Faith versus Culture, and he was talking about how in Israel the majority is is unchurched. A lot of them are not religious in any way, much less Christian. Uh, even many are not practicing Jews religiously. So I think... Uh, so there, there's that happening. And then, of course, there's this war uh, going on between Hamas and Israel. So there's a lot of darkness, but I think it's been encouraging to see the ways that the Lord has continued to move in the midst of all of that. And I guess our prayer ultimately is that the Lord just continues to do that, right? That his grace and mercy would uh, would meet people where they're at, whether they're Muslim, non-religious, uh, you know, somewhere in between. Um, the Lord is able to redeem all of that for his glory. So yeah, just continued prayers for, for that, for the people in Bethlehem, for that 10% of Christians in Bethlehem, those brothers and sisters need our prayers. Yeah, they absolutely do. All right, Trey, appreciate you bringing that story to the podcast today. All right, that's going to lead us over to the main thing now. Christian singer, songwriter, Mac Powell is known for his time as the front man of third day. He talked to Trey about his new Christmas album, touring, and working with his daughter and son-in-law on new music. That's today's main thing. Mac Powell, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Man, I'm great. Pleasure to, to be with you. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you. Look, I'm uh, I'm obsessed with all things Christmas. If, if it has anything to do with Christmas, you can sign me up. And you have a brand new EP called Christmas with some original songs and also some Christmas classics. Why'd you decide this year to release this? Um, you know, it's it's something I've been thinking about for a couple of years. I haven't really done a lot of Christmas music in the past. Uh, with Third Day, we did a, a Christmas album called Christmas Offerings. It was very successful. And it's so interesting because when we went to make the record, we really didn't want to. We were kind of being made to, to make it by the record company. Uh, but once we started getting into it and making the record we actually loved it and it did really well we went and did a couple of tours from that but through the years since then i haven't really done a lot of christmas music and um so this was you know me as a solo artist getting to finally uh make an, an ep i've done a couple of singles before but never like a record and so i've had this vision this idea of doing something that's kind of old school feeling got a little bit of a jazz feel to it almost like an old school Frank Sinatra thing. And so mm -hmm. um, I brought in some jazz musicians that I knew and they did an amazing job on it. And we brought in some horn players. And so, uh, I don't know, it's just, I, it really turned out the way that I envisioned it in my head and in my heart. And I'm, I'm very happy with it. 
Talk a little bit about the songwriting process for the originals, because one of the songs you co-wrote with your daughter and son-in-law, which I'm sure is a special experience, especially at Christmas time. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, I was, I had this idea and I knew that uh, it was going to, it kind of felt like it was going to be uh, a song that came together pretty quickly because I just had all the thoughts and the ideas of, of what I wanted to say. I just hadn't written it all down. And as I was talking to Scout, my daughter, um, she said, oh, yeah, well, you should do this. You know, maybe talk about this. And I went, oh, that's a great idea. Why don't we just sit down and write it together? Uh, she's been out on the road with me this year playing bass guitar. When I have a full band, she plays bass. Uh, and her husband, Alec, my son-in-law, plays drums for me. And, man, what a what a privilege to have my baby girl out on the road with me, my son-in-law, and we're having a blast. So it's great to not only bring them on the road with me, but also to bring them into, I think this is their first official songwriting credit that they'll get for mm. a, a recorded product. I'm kind of reliving, um, you know, how I started out through them again. I'm getting to see, getting that freshness again of being able to see the joy and the excitement that they have. You know, it's, it's not that it's gotten old on me by any means. Uh, it's still exciting to be able to do that, but, but now to be able to bring them in, and experience it again with them for the first time. It's a it's a really special time. Yeah, that's awesome. Look, you are so you're on tour right now. You're on a fall tour. You're about to parlay that into the Caleb Christmas tour, and then next year you're starting another tour. Uh, talk a little bit about that because you are just uh, you're uh, you live on the road at this point. It seems. Yeah, it's very busy time. I tell people, you know, you know, people still, of course, ask me a lot about third day and. And I tell people that I'm busier. It feels like I'm busier now than I've ever been, which is great. I'm I'm very thankful for the work and and to be able to, to still continue to do this. I mean, I love it. Um, it was interesting. I had a conversation with my dad about a year ago, and um, he he had he kept up with where I was going more than than I do. And I'd come back from a weekend of being gone, and he said, "How'd you, how'd the weekend go? Tell me about it." I said, "Daddy." I said, I still just, I love doing this. I love mm -hmm. singing about Jesus. I love gathering together with my brothers and sisters and celebrating what God has done in our life. And uh, there's nothing else that I would rather be doing. I'm so thankful. And he looked at me right in my eyes, and I'll never forget this. He said, well, good, son, because there's nothing else you can do. You might as well stick to this. <laughs> and so I was like, there's a lot up. But, uh, you know, I still, I do. I love it. I love being out on the road. Uh, this is a very busy year, and it's going to continue to be busy in the next next year. As you said, I've got the Caleb Christmas tour, and then uh, Toby Mac hits deep tour right after that. So, uh, yeah, and uh, and it's, it's still fun, man. I still love it. Uh, talk a little bit about how the Christian music industry, because you've been a fixture in it for so long in so many different ways, how it's changed and evolved over the years. I think it's harder now than it was 20, 25 years, 30 years ago when, when Third Day first started. I tell people all the time, I'm not sure if Third Day would be a successful band if we came out now, mm -hmm. you know, just so much easier not that it was easy by any means. I mean, you know, getting a record deal and, and keeping a band together and being successful enough to be able to continue to do it uh, has never been easy. But I think it was definitely easier because it was there was less less artists trying to do it. Not only are there more artists, but there's less shelf space. There's not as much opportunity. And so it's 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 tough. And yet 
um, you know, I'm so thankful to still get to do it. Hopefully you're going to take some time off from touring and spend a little bit of time with your family. What are you most looking forward to this holiday season? The tour is going great, but uh, we're excited about being able to take the family. All, all eight of us are going to Zion National Park in Utah and just hiking and camping out and, and spending time together. And then we come back and have a day at home and then hit Nashville for, for tour rehearsals for Caleb Christmas Tour. So we'll get a little bit of time. And then after the Caleb Christmas Tour from Christmas to about the end of January, I have some time off. So even though I have time off, I, I still got to continue to make a record. So uh, it's going to be busy, busy. All right, Trey, thanks for that conversation there. Good stuff from the former member of Third Day, Mac Powell. All right, that's going to leave us with time for one last thing on the podcast today. Going to take a look at Philippians 4.19, which reads, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So God's going to supply your needs, not your wants necessarily, but what you need. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's an important distinction because there are two other passages that says the Lord will give us the desires of our heart. But uh, that is after we've conformed to the Lord, right? We've been sanctified by the Holy Spirit, then our desires will align with his. So that's an important context for this verse, but a good a good passage to remember. It absolutely is. And now we are going to break for the holiday. I hope you all have a fantastic Thanksgiving holiday and long weekend with your family eating lots of food, being thankful for the things God has given us all, particularly his grace and mercy and salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. All right, God bless. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We'll see you soon.